Uh, and I was just sort of saying, what do you think of when you uh, think of the image of bread? Is it the sort of warm smell you get, that lovely aroma of freshly baked bread? Uh, estate agents tell you to have a sort of bread maker going when you're trying to sell your house, don't they? Uh, we had a bread maker at one point and we had to stop using it because we were eating far too much bread every morning. Or is it going to the bakery and seeing all the bread there? When, a long time ago, when my children were small, I used to drop my daughters at school and then go with my son round the corner to the bread shop and you get this lovely warm loaf of bread, take it home and slice it and you spread it with butter and it would all melt. It was a really good start to the day. And of course, there's all the different types of bread, aren't there? There's some really interesting flavours. I love it when you go to a posh restaurant and they come round with a sort of bread basket and there's all these, you know, exotic types that you can try. Uh, I'd be quite happy with that. I'm a really cheap date. Um, <laughs> our passage today comes just, bef- uh, just after the feeding of the 5,000. In fact, the feeding of the 5,000 had happened the day before. And so the crowds are following after Jesus because, look, here's somebody that can give them all they need. They can just, you know, make bread and fish for them. You can understand why they might have been excited and interested. They weren't going to have to work anymore. Um, And they saw Jesus as someone who could give them bread. But instead of giving the people bread, Jesus pushes their understanding and he tries to get them to see their fundamental need for him. And as we look at this idea of I am the bread of life, we'll be looking at what we can learn from the image of bread, but we'll also be looking at the context in which Jesus was speaking. And I want to think about this under three main headings, expectations, acknowledgement and growth. Our expectations of God and how these can be different to what he actually wants to say to us the way we need to acknowledge our need of him and the way we need to grow and to keep on growing in our relationship with him. And I want to turn first to this idea of expectations. As I've said, in the verses preceding the passage, we learn that the people had gone in search of Jesus. They were looking for Jesus and they were looking for something from him. When the crowd find Jesus, he challenges them about this and he says this, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. They came to Jesus, not because they want him, but because they want something from him. And the something they want is a material thing. And Jesus challenges them and he instructs them. He takes them from the earthly realm to the spiritual realm. And he says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Like the crowds, it's very easy for us to come to God on our own terms. There are things that we want to see happen in our lives. And we very often want Jesus to bring instant solutions to our problems. Of course God wants to know about our concerns and he wants us to talk about, to him about them. But the way he teaches us is often through our problems rather than giving us instant results. 
We all come to God on our own terms. And the first challenge is to ask ourselves, what are we really looking for from God? Is it perfect protection for our loved ones so that no harm happens to them? Is it a chasing after an image of devotion, an image of respectability, an image of feeling, well, I'm all right, please prove that I'm all right? Or is it something else? We can load our expectations onto God and when they don't get fulfilled, we can feel let down or abandoned. We can even blame God for what has happened. But actually, he never promised to meet all our expectations. What he did promise was relationship with him. And this relationship can withstand the most difficult challenges that we have to face. So often we're working to stay in control. We want to be the ones who are doing. And when the crowds ask, what must we, what, sorry, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus replies quite simply, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. We don't have to do anything. And that is both an easier and a harder way. It's easier because we don't have to do anything. And it's harder because we have to accept that we're not in control. Expecting God to accept us because of our triumphs, our pride in what we've done, and in all the things we might have done in the church, it's no use. Any more than there's any use in making excuses because of different painful situations that have happened to us. It is simply about trust and allowing Jesus to move in our lives. And very often our first response to this challenge is grudging. Uh, I don't know if you saw Will's Maundy Thursday blog, uh, but on the blog there was a picture of Peter having his feet washed. Now, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he was showing that he wanted to serve them. And connected to that idea was the idea that they didn't have to do anything, that we just have to permit Jesus to work in our lives. Now, in the picture on the the blog, Peter looks incredibly grumpy. He doesn't want Jesus doing things for him. It's not the way he planned things to happen. And we can be like that as well about God, We can be grumpy, we can be scared, we can be reluctant. But it doesn't matter. Providing we acknowledge our need for Christ and let him serve us, the rest will follow. Acknowledging our need for Christ is a vital part of our spiritual life. If you like, it's the door that has to be opened. And we all of us put up resistance to Christ. And it's hunger that breaks that resistance down. Throughout history, bread has been a staple food. It's not an extravagance. It's not a luxury food. But we need bread to sustain us. Jesus himself recognised this as we've just prayed. Give us this day our daily bread. When we're hungry, we do something about it. My husband will often use this phrase about somebody being hungry or not hungry enough for success. 
It's usually connected to football and it's usually saying that the football players in Sheffield Wednesday are not hungry enough for success. Patterns of our lives revolve around uh, ensuring that we don't get hungry. There's a weekly shop to to Sainsbury's. There's a daily preparation of of food. In history, times of food shortage are often powerful drivers of change. So we see people searching for new territory, coming into conflict with their neighbours because they need more land. We see people experimenting with farming techniques to improve um, production. Uh, and we see them ter- uh, colonising new land. And the hunger of the masses has been used by people over time to challenge the established order uh, and very cynically to get power for themselves. When we're hungry, we seek food. Hunger forces us to do things that we may not have done before. And when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, He's comparing what happens in the natural world to what happens in the spiritual world. Just as we need bread to eat, so our spiritual lives need food. In verse 33, Jesus says, For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Without Jesus, we will be hungry. Our stomachs may be full, but there's an emptiness in our spirits. To feast on Jesus, we have to admit our need. We have to face the fact that we've done wrong, that we've gone astray. We have to ask, and that's all we need to do. Because Jesus is longing for us to ask. As soon as we turn to him and seek him on his terms, not ours, He comes to meet us. He says, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. So if our first question is, what do I expect from God? Our second needs to be, am I prepared to put down my expectations and acknowledge my need of him? And it's only when we're really hungry that we can do this. Only when we're really hungry that we can start to taste the bread of life. When we buy a loaf of bread, it's no good to us unless we eat it. And when we eat, bread is digested and it changes into something else. It it becomes the energy that keeps us going, that sustains us. And in the same way, spiritual food causes us to change and grow. And just as we need to eat every day, So we need to find spiritual food on an ongoing basis. There's a whole set of beliefs associated with Christianity and those beliefs are vital because they describe the framework of our faith. However, being a Christian isn't just about signing up to a set of beliefs. It's about entering into a relationship that needs to be fostered and nurtured and fed. And when we do this, those beliefs and the behaviours we associate with Christianity are worked out in our lives. And when we've been Christians for a while, it can be very easy to forget the hunger we once had and not to seek Jesus in the same way as previously. At the heart of Christianity is a relationship. 
A relationship between me and Jesus. A relationship between you and Jesus. We've been thinking about relationships a lot in our family. Um, A week ago, our eldest daughter uh, told us that she was getting engaged. So that was some very happy news. And it means that this year in our family, there's going to be a wedding. There's going to be a pearl wedding. And there's going to be a diamond wedding to celebrate. And I can think of at least one person who deserves a very expensive long service award. (laughs) Marriage is a relationship and getting married is only a starting point. Over the years, a couple need to make sure they spend time together, work through differences of opinion, make difficult decisions and support one another in the good and hard times and in the sort of ordinariness of daily life. Marriage is a decision. It's also a process. And so it is with faith. We turn to Jesus, but it is only a start. We have to keep on feeding on the bread of life so that we can grow in him. And I want to look a little bit more at this idea of growth. Because to have an ongoing and dynamic relationship with God, we need to make sure we spend time with him and let him be a part of all that happens in our lives. And that includes letting him be part of uh, what's going on when we're confused or angry or feel let down by him. The good thing is that we don't have to be sorted out before we can come to God. A marriage is between two imperfect people. It's no wonder that problems arise. At least in our relationship with God, there is only one imperfect person. And if we let our perfect God work on us, he will change us. I don't know if you've ever made bread, but bread making is a very slow process. Uh, There's ways of speeding it up now, but when I was uh, learning how to cook, bread making was a very slow process. Uh, It involves taking something quite ordinary, flour, and mixing it with the right ingredients. Fluid is needed, and if the bread is going to rise, it needs yeast. Um, And old-fashioned yeast, before you bought it in little packets of freeze-dried, had to be mixed with sugar uh, to make sure it worked. And then you make the bread, and then you have to knead it for quite a long time, and that's quite hard work. Then you have to allow the dough to have time to prove or to rise And this rising, this proving process has to take place in the right environment so that the chemical reaction between the yeast and the sugar works properly. If the uh, dough is put in an environment that's too cold, it won't rise. Uh, If it's put in an environment that's too hot, which is what I did in uh, my cookery mock, fortunately, uh, cookery practical for my O-levels, uh, the, the bread, um, the yeast is killed because the environment's too hot and so again the bread uh, won't rise. You leave it for a little while so it sort of doubles in size and then you repeat the whole process with the kneading and the proving again. And it's only after all this that has happened that it can be moulded into shape and then cooked in a hot oven. And likewise, growing as a Christian is a slow process There's lots to it. It takes time to grow spiritually and we need to give God space and opportunity to work in our lives. He isn't harsh with us but gentle and he moves in his time. 
and he does so with determination. He exposes what is happening in our souls. And sometimes it's a disappointment of not having our expectations met that helps us understand what's going on in our hearts. We can find ourselves wrestling with him, which is quite normal. Israel means he struggles with God. And that was the name God chose for the Jewish people, the name he chose to describe how the relationship would work. When we struggle, we sometimes need the support and prayer of others to help us deal with whatever it is we're having to face. And as we, grow through the, as we go through the process of growth, as we assimilate the reality of God into our lives, we find our beliefs and our attitudes and our behaviours are changing. We're moulded by him. We're moulded and we start on the path to eternal life. Because this is how he prepares us. As Jesus said, For my Father's will is, this, is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him, shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. When Jesus said, I am the bread of life, he was inviting us into relationship with God. He was showing us that there is more to life than what we can see and feel, and explaining that we have a spiritual hunger that needs to be addressed. At the Last Supper, Jesus even more directly associated himself with bread, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. In Jesus' death, we can find forgiveness and reconciliation. At communion, the bread becomes a symbol of the broken Jesus, with his body scarred by the cross. He died so that imperfect us, with our mixed up ideas, expectations, beliefs and behaviours, might be able to discover that he is the bread of life. And then we can acknowledge our need of him, feed on him and grow in our faith. To each one of us he is saying, come. Come and see. Come and taste. I want to be part of your life. And each of us needs to decide whether to take up the offer to feed on Jesus, the bread of life. We're going to move now to a time of worship. But during that worship, I would encourage you to reflect on how you're responding to the invitation to experience the bread of life. It could be that you want to respond for the first time, or maybe you need to allow God to work in your life in a new way, or you just need to give him more space and opportunity to work in your life. The prayer ministry team will be available during the worship and again after the service if you'd like anybody to pray with you. Thank you.
remembering that Jesus came to serve and we can lay all before him. And some words from Saturday morning prayer group. A married couple who are struggling at the moment and Jesus is saying to them, Peace, I give you my peace. I leave with you my peace. And a second one, Each one of you is precious to me, my son and my daughter. And now may the love of the risen Lord Jesus be with us this week. May the joy of the risen Lord Jesus fill our hearts. And may the grace of the risen Lord Jesus guide our lives. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us and all those we love, now and evermore. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. We remain standing for our final song.